Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Dr. Jeremy Weiss here, host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. I'm here with Richard Mabe of Waltonwood, um, but I'm going to formally introduce Richard in a second. Before I do, I always like to point out other episodes Richard people should check out. You know, past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done, Michael Gerber of The E-Myth, and many more awesome COOs and directors of operations. So check out other episodes of the podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. And if you've had the team members ask you the same questions over and over, and it may be the 10th time you spent explaining it, there is a better way. There is a solution. Sweet Process is actually a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. And you know, I was talking with one of the owners, Owen, not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. So you can use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time and your team's time. So you can focus on growing and allowing them to do their best work there. You could sign up for a free 14-day trial, no credit cards required. And it's at sweetprocess.com. It's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. So I'm excited to introduce today Richard Maves, Regional Director of Operations of Waltonwood Senior Living uh, in Detroit, Michigan. They have locations all over the place, but he's in Detroit, Michigan. He's responsible for managing the luxury senior community's day-to-day operations. He has over 15 years of experience in healthcare and is a licensed nurse. So he's lived the caregiver's life too, and his success is driven by his desire to serve seniors and caregivers and the community. So Richard, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, we'll get into in the topic today, we'll talk about is streamlining communication. How do you communicate, you know, communicate quickly and effectively across executives, different locations? Um, but I want you to just talk a little bit at first about Walton Wood and about the company, what you do. Yeah, so Waltonwood Senior Living is um, part of the Sing Development Company based out of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we have 12 properties uh, between Michigan, North Carolina, and Virginia. Um, here in the metro Detroit area, we have seven properties, um, and I support uh, uh, the operations here in Michigan, along with our director of operations. How did you land on the, you know, like I was saying, the regional operations side, a regional, you know, from being actually administering care? Yeah, so um, as a nurse, right, that's my first passion. And so I started working in senior living, you know, when I graduated nursing school. And um, I, you know, quickly discovered that serving seniors, their families, and and working with the res, uh, the associates, you know, as the resident care manager, um, I found my niche, right? I knew that that's where I needed to be. And so I think it's evolved over time with, learning the skills that I've needed to grow within an, within an organization. Um, communication is big in senior living and, and working and building a team uh, when taking care of people. So, you know, that's a skill set that I've grown and learned over the time to really hone in on creating that operation, operational flow and, and being successful at that. So 
that's kind of developed as I've grown in my career. We'll talk about some specific examples. I mean, it's ever changing. I, I wouldn't want to be in the senior living space in COVID. There, there's probably craziness going on. There's so many changes and you have to disseminate these very quickly. And it, it probably changed daily for a while and, and people didn't know exactly what was going on. So talk about, you know, during COVID, what were some of the things you had to take in and then disseminate? And how did you go about doing them? Because you're not just talking even one facility, it's, it's across multiple facilities. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, almost daily, our guidance was changing from our regulatory bodies and, you know, from the local government to national government on, on how we as a society were operating. And so, you know, we knew from the beginning that senior living and senior citizens were going to be the most crucial and most um, susceptible individuals. So, you know, as changes were coming at us left and right, you know, as a senior leadership team, I was involved with quickly reading and analyzing the data along with our director, you know, and talking through how does this really impact our, you know, operations. So we would meet, I mean, sometimes at eight, nine o'clock at night or six, seven o'clock in the morning to be talking about what these changes happened. Then it was up to us to, you know, have, you know, morning conversations or afternoon conversations with all right, this is what we have to do. It's going to impact this part of the operation or we need to adjust this specific scenario. Um, we would do that one-on-one -on -one conversations, you know, Zoom meetings, telephone calls, um, group, group Zoom calls, if you will, um, around what specifically needed to change. I mean, and sometimes it was twice a day. We were literally meet call in the morning and then have a call in the afternoon to talk about what's happened throughout the day um operationally then clinically you know we we had separate calls i mean so you know our phone calls our days as as operational leaders in in senior living were around you know trying to figure out what exactly we needed to do to protect the residents protect the associates and the families because we had to do all we have to keep all three of those you know at the core of our decision making i want to break it up into you know the chain of command and then kind of the mode of communication. So it sounds like maybe the leadership team meets and during those crazy times, maybe twice a day, maybe more than twice a day. So from that one meeting in the morning, what happens from there? Who do you have to distribute information to from, okay, leadership team, you're on the same page. Where does it go from there in the, in the chain of command? Yeah, good question. So generally, as a director of operations, a regional director of operations, I work closely with the executive directors at each site. And so those executive directors are then in charge of, you know, communicating with their direct reports, which are generally department managers and the nurses and the caregivers on site. So part of my role is working directly with them, talking them through how are our changes and going to impact the, your operations? What do you need to be prepared for? You know, these are the scenarios. Let's talk through them, um, you know, and, and being able to identify where there's going to be potential breakdown, looking at the risk of all these. And so being able to quickly talk about that with them and, and getting them to see, you know, and understand more of where we're coming from as an organization, you know, and how we are interpreting them. You know, a lot of people were interpreting these these guidance, the, the guidance, you know, you know, from a different perspective as Walton would, you know, so how did we, you know, 
work with our communities, our residents and our families to help them to understand why we were doing what we were doing. Do you have a meeting, leadership meeting maybe in the morning and then the mode of communication, would it be then you on a conference call with the, all the executive directors or is it Zoom or are you emailing? What's the, how does it work from there? I'll say all of the above. I mean, we had conference calls, Zoom calls, you know, then it was a quick phone call with, you know, with me as a uh, regional director, you know, talking through specifics for that community. Then it was generally an email. All right, let's follow up with the day, you know, or midday email. How, you know, these are the changes we talked about just so that it's clear what we were expecting as an organization, what we were trying to do. Um, then it, and then it was generally, all right, the next day, all right, well, nothing changed, you know, from the previous day. So we're going to keep moving on, um, you know, in this fashion. So, but generally it was a phone call, Zoom meeting, you know, and, uh, you know, email if there was time or if we knew changes weren't going to be happening for a little while longer um, was generally how we, we operated with that. Yeah, I mean, there's a new normal now, but so I don't, you know, but before COVID, what would that frequency look like? So as far as leadership to executive director, what would be, what did that look like either on a weekly, daily or monthly basis? Yeah, generally pre, you know, prior to COVID, you know, communication with the executive directors is still pretty frequent, right? I mean, you're talking to them probably weekly, if not multiple times a week. Um, you know, as far as virtual meetings and virtual connections, you know, such as what you and I are doing via Zoom, we're pretty non-existent. I mean, maybe it was once a month, maybe once a quarter that we would have a Zoom meeting or a virtual a meeting, you know. Um, so, but, and so, and after COVID started, you know, we quickly adapted to, all right, this is a daily kind of conversation, you know, whether it's audio only or visual, you know, or video and audio. You know, it was our way of connecting with each other. Um, so for the senior living in general, for senior living in general, I think virtual communication and connection become, you know, our only way of, you know, being able to connect with someone, you know, because we weren't going in and out of communities as a regional team, you know, supporting the communities. Whereas before it was, we were in communities weekly, you know, talking to directors and teams um, to try to keep that, you know, that engagement level there so that they were on the same page with what we were doing as an organization. So from, were you doing a lot of um, conference calls or were you actually going on site pre-COVID? Pre-COVID, a lot of, uh, pre of on-site visits. Um, hmm. You know, we would go in and meet with the teams and build, and that's where we were able to really build that relationship with, this, with the directors and the department managers um, so that we could help them through those situations, right? That, uh, of that would arise, whether it's performance management that they were struggling with to how to manage their team or in general engagement with the uh, communities to be able to you know, move a specific metric or operational you know, process forward. Um, so pre-COVID, it was definitely visits, you know, Post-COVID and during COVID, a lot of virtual meetings, a lot of virtual one-on-one -on -one calls. You know, our regional team all took some time out of our week, you know, to set up specific calls with our discipline. You know, whether it was activities, um, culinary, marketing, maintenance. So we all kind of adjusted to that virtual communication style and method to quickly talk through what those changes look like for those departments and those specific um, 
uh, processes within those departments. And then now as we're navigating post-COVID, if you will, or um, maybe not as intense COVID, now we're getting back to those on-site conversations and on-site meetings and visits because you know, we have finally figured out along with kind of the greater good of the world of how are we gonna navigate this <laughs> you know, in-person you know, way of work again. I wanna hear, you know, Richard, a important process you put in place because of COVID and because of the, you had to streamline communication um, before you answer it, you know, so I just want to restate. So it's interesting because you have a clear chain of command. You have a clear chain of communication with that. So it goes from the leadership team, the executive directors, the department managers, then to the you know, nurses or any other care staff. Um, what's the important process you put in place now that, you know, COVID hits and you have to really get out the communication quickly? You know, I would say that one of the key processes I think that we have put in place is, I think the heightness around communication. You know, we've communicated before and I think we communicated in a way that, oh, just FYI, you know, this is what's going on or this is what's happening. now, I think the communication process that we use as an organization, not so much as an organization, I should say, you know, because this is my, how I operate as a director of operations and, you know, regional director is, you know, let's talk so I'm able to help you problem solve more quickly and more efficiently. So that way we're not trying to make up for lost time. We're trying to figure out how to deal with something. Um, so I would say, more effective communication with me as their direct supervisor and manager. Um, you know, let's talk through, you know, what situations are happening in the community to be more proactive at, approach, uh, at um, handling them, if you will. Um, and I think that's been consistent with um, the team that I support is like, let's just have that open dialogue and open conversation and communication around things. Um, and I, I believe that that's, consistent with what's happening, I think, in the industry in general, so that we're all prepared and able to handle things, um, so that we're not behind and we're not, you know, trying to figure out how to do things after we've already made a mistake or an issue. Do you have a certain format to the meeting? Again, like you're, you've so many different meetings and people you have to coordinate with. What have you found is effective in running these meetings? So I try to operate under a clear I use it as an acronym, an acronym, clear um, communication method. Um, you know, I like to try to make some formal connection, whether it's a, a, either an in-person connection or a virtual connection or an on-the-phone connection. I like email communication. You know, I think that's always good for a follow-up, you know, from communication, um, but make some sort of connection. I talk through specifics, you know, and what the agenda is, kind of make sure that they're aware. Um, I really try hard to listen to their feedback, you know, whenever we're having conversations, communication is a two-way street, and I always try to listen to their communication and what they're saying to me. Um, I like, then that leads to engaging in dialogue, right? I mean, dialogue is crucial to making sure that they understand what's happening, what the purpose of the call is or conversation is, so that they can take away what their action steps are, what needs to happen after the conversation, what the follow-up looks like, what 
things can we anticipate from this um, communication? And then revisiting and follow up, I think that's been key for us, uh, for me, you know, as a, as a um, operator is following up with what, what I've, what's been communicated, you know, how, how are we doing it? How are we revisiting, you know, that communication? Where are we at with things in, in general? And I think that that's been something that, you know, I've identified with people in general that, you know, follow up and, and uh, with the communication is something that maybe they're growing at and working at to grow that as well. Um, I may miss the A. So oh, clear yeah. communication is connection, listen, engaging, and dialogue. And what's the A? Action or in action items and like anticipating what's next. Awesome. Action items, anticipating what's next. And then next is revisiting and the follow-up is the R. So I love that. Thank you. Um, so when you go in and I want to, you know, COVID is an extreme example of all of this, but, um, when these there's day-to-day examples all the time, especially when I think of senior living facilities, I think of there's, um, health challenges that people have. And I know that, um, you have to communicate, you were talking a little bit before we hit record, not only with the, the staff, but with the family. So you gave an example before about falls. So um, can you talk a little bit about how you, how the, you communicate those things to everyone, including the family? Yeah. So um, when, uh, when a resident moves in with us, you know, and into one of our communities or any senior living community, the resident moves in and they're our priority and they're our main focus. Um, but they're, they're our customer, if you will, you know, but then we, are now introduced to their family members, their power of attorney, their healthcare advocates. They also become our customer and one of and a part of our priority system of communication. And so, in general, you know, when a resident has issues or they're having a challenge with something, um, you know, you know, I use an example as a fall. You know, falls are um, you know very common in in seniors and senior citizens in general you know, in senior living, it happens. Um, so identifying when a resident has a problem with falls, you know, talking to the resident, including them in the conversation, you know, and then also communicating with their family member and, you know, are the healthcare power of attorney or their patient advocate, you know, this is what's going on with your, with your loved one or, or with, you know, someone that you are working with, you know, and this is what we as an organization or we as a care team are doing for them. You know, we wanted you to be aware you know, can you support us? Can you work with us to provide reminders or assistance? Um, and that happens, has to happen pretty quickly because, you know, we don't, we want to mitigate any risk moving forward, right? If there's a simple, you know, support system that support, you know, mechanism that we can put in place, not only for the family members, but for our staff and our team who take care of the residents, you know, making sure that that communication happens quickly, effectively, um, you know, and that happens a lot in verbal, you know, it happens a lot of different ways. It's, you know, sometimes one-on-one conversation with a caregiver. It's in their care plan that they have access to, to be able to read and, and know how to take care of that resident. And it happens, you know, and, you know, so that's the written format. And sometimes it's, you know, the nurses themselves going in and providing the care. Um, so that, I mean, that's a, a lot of, a lot of what the effective communication with the residents and the families looks like when it comes to those care needs. 
that changed, you know, routinely in senior citizens. You know, Richard, I'm wondering what are scenarios that you have to watch out for with communication? You know, I think of, you know, maybe there's um, family that doesn't get along. Like, so like there's a brother and sister. I, I, I don't know. What are scenarios where you kind of have to tread lightly with who you're informing of what, because the person's like, I don't want you to tell this person anything. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. making that up. But what are some examples of that? Because I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of just all these asterisks by people and their preferences. Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, you know, as a, in senior living, we really have to work with First and foremost, the resident, making sure that they're aware, you know, if they're if they're in a cognitive state of mind to be able to comprehend what's happening. So really work with the resident. But then when it comes to partnering with a family member, it's, you know, you know, we're not a healthcare entity, right? We are senior living. So it's it's not considered a hospital or skilled nursing, if you will. So, but we do honor um, you know, power of attorneys, you know, so we make sure that we're talking to the correct power of attorney if a resident is wanting to make sure that if there is that, if there is a family dynamic, you know, who's the correct power of attorney? You know, are we talking to the correct healthcare agent, you know, or the patient advocate? So really understanding from a legal perspective, you know, who we can and who we can't talk to. Then if we have dynamics in general, it's all right, guys, family, we need one person, you know, and that is your loved one has designated you know, you, Tom, you know, to be your, the spokesperson for your family, you know, for them. So we're going to communicate with you. I understand there's that family dynamic, but we, from an effective communication perspective, need to talk to one person, right? We need to be able to communicate. And then it's going to be up to you to, to disseminate that out to whoever you would like to know. Um, that happens often. So, you know, being able to have the courage to have that you know, those types of conversations is, is critical. Um, because if not, you're going to be, you know, running around circling, you know, five people a day when you have, you know, you need to be, you know, have that siloed communication with the right person. First of all, Richard, thank you for sharing this because I don't know, there's, there's so many complexities with the operations, especially when you're talking about the senior living. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, I just want to point people towards um, your website so people can check out more and they can go to waltonwood.com. That's W-A-L-T-O-N-W-O-O-D.com. Are there any other places online or on your website that we should point people towards? No, I would say that's it. Cool. If you have questions directly for me, you could contact me at um, richard.mabe at singmail.com. That's S-I-N-G-H-M-A-I-L.com. Great. First of all, go check out their website. Go check out more episodes of the podcast. And Richard, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Sweet.
Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.